Hi, I'm Hamish, and this is another episode of the Line in the Sand podcast, where Amos and I talk everything footy with a particular focus on the Essendon and Hawthorne football clubs. This week, we're taking a deep dive into the 2022 National Draft and Rookie Drafts. I know it's taken a while, but I was overseas at the time, so it's taken me a while with school holidays to finally fully look into the list, make the case for an Essendon Premiership, um, find reasons to um, poo-poo everything that um, Amos is going to say positively about his players. Uh, It's going to be a long one tonight as I wax lyrical about everything that's um, perfect about the Essendon list going forward, Uh, especially Tom Phillips, but we'll get to that later (laughs) on. How are you this evening, Amos? I'm well, I'm well. You make me laugh. I like a good uh, opening with plenty of excuses for <laughs> of any Essendon supporter. So, yeah. But I uh, know quite excited to um, actually do a bit of research onto the draftees, which, um, yeah, on draft night, you do take in as much as you can and then it takes a little while to sink in as to what they could be. So, um, yes, see how we go. Okay, so... Uh, how are we going to do this tonight? We're going to go as if it was in draft order on draft night, um, player by player, by player um, as as they were picked. We'll go through, talk about what we like about them, um, you know, jump in on each other's picks if we've got some criticisms, uh, see what happens there. Uh, so without further ado, uh, first up, we have the Essendon Football Club with pick number five. Picking uh, future Brownlow medalist uh, Elijah, uh, starting this really well tonight, Elijah Tatsis. Um, how many how many beers at the tennis today, mate? <laughs> I, I drove today. Um, I, I, I don't even have that as an excuse, unfortunately. I must admit, I've had one bourbon um, this evening, but yes. It's um, I can't even blame it on that either. So anyway, uh, um, young Elijah, pick number five, and he's been given as his number for this season, uh, the elusive number five, uh, the great number five of the some of the greatest players of the Essendon Football Club, uh, including most recently James Hurd, um, also uh, Terry Danaher. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see him wearing that. Unfortunately, he is injured at the moment. He has got a torn meniscus, so it's going to take a while before we see him out on the track. But there's still a lot lot to like about um, young Elijah, and I'm looking forward to seeing him when he does get out there. Um, he's a midfielder. He can play inside and outside. Um, he'll also, I think, see some time down forward as a small forward. Um all, all from all the um, stuff we did see on the training track before he got injured, all his junior games, and even um, the great uh, Cal Twomey described Atsatsis as a midfielder whose skills on both the inside and the outside of the contest and possesses a game-breaking ability. Uh, I think some of the um, most exciting stuff for me is seeing some of these examples of um, uh, some of his junior career at Oakley. He was um, part of a midfield there with... George Wardlaw, who was pick number four, the pick before him at North Melbourne in that midfield, he was still able to average uh, 34 possessions um, a game playing in the Chargers last year. And I think that's exciting um, for the club going forward. Um, he would have had a immediate, he will have an immediate impact when he comes back for an injury. And he's been compared to players like Marcus Bontempelli. Um, I'd like to think he's more of a player in the James Hurd ilk. Um, you know, he can play in the midfield. He can play down forward. He can play tall. He can play short. There's just a lot to like and a lot to see about him going forward. 
Is there anyone who you don't compare to James Hurd when you uh, do this sort of stuff? Uh, he's probably the only one I will compare to James Hurd um, this evening out of the draft picks going forward. But, you know, they gave him the number five. Of course, I was going to p- compare him <laughs> and make the case for it without a doubt. Yes. Well, see, mm-hmm. hopefully it's not too much pressure on the young boy. <laughs> I uh, look. Um, of it's the Essendon Football Club way to put um, pl- pressure on the um, players, and but I think if he, if he can get anywhere near the form he played as a junior, you're gonna there's going to be a lot to like about him going forward. And uh, you know, from all the interviews and stuff he's done so far, he seems to have a good head on his shoulders, and I don't think he's going to get particularly big headed about it. I think he's just prepared to knuckle down and do the hard work and. Well, now it's the hard work to recover from an injury, but going forward, do the hard work to actually make a name for himself at the top level. I think he'll get in early. Uh, depends how long it takes him to get back um, from injury. It is a stacked midfield at Essendon now, but they picked him for a reason. And I think he's got the body type that he could um, play early, assuming he comes back from injury and assuming he comes back um, to full fitness relatively quickly. It's good to hear. Cause mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was hoping that he might slip to us, but uh... Anyway, but there were uh, there were there were a myriad of I think six or seven players who I would have been happy with at our pick. So, and uh, speaking of um, being happy with, were you happy with Cameron McKenzie at number seven? Yeah, yeah, yes, uh, pick seven, Cam McKenzie. Very happy um, with that pick. He uh, could have gone to St Kilda as an NGA prospect, but um, Hawthorne were able to draft him uh, inside the top ten. Uh, he's South African born, uh, but uh, came over as a youngster, a family that uh, supported Hawthorne through the premiership years. So uh, very happy to get him in. Um, he's a big midfielder from Sandringham, 188 centimetres, was touted as a top 10 pick in the draft. So St Kilda probably never really had a chance in the um, as an NGA prospect. But uh, yeah, that's the way it goes with the new rules. Um Given jumper 28 this year, so interesting to see if he can emulate uh, the feats of uh, Paul Puopolo, the young Chris Langford before he moved to 24, um, and a couple of others. So, um, but uh, he was moved to permanent midfielder in 2022 at Sandringham, uh, known for high level decision making in traffic and movement around the stoppages, um, very consistent across multiple disciplines, and very athletic. Uh, and the thing I liked about most about the footage that I've seen is uh, excellent foot skills in and out of traffic. Um, one of these kids who just seems to be able to put it out in front for the player to run onto at any time. So uh, very happy with Cam McKenzie. Uh, like I said, he was one of a bunch that Hawthorne could have taken. And I think most supporters would have been happy, but um, I think he'll go well for us. I, I heard there's already trouble down at... Um... Hawthorne with McKenzie. I heard he um I read uh, media reports he's avoiding calls from the coaches already and right from the beginning or something like that. Yes, yes, he thought it was someone pranking him, I believe, or something, some such. But uh, that was draft night, I think. So, mm. gosh, yeah, not a good way to get off. Got to <laughs> get off to the start with your coach, but uh, mm. yes, but uh, anyway, uh, all is good apparently. Yeah. And uh, Sam Mitchell was talking him up in a press conference um, the other day, suggesting that him and. Uh, Josh Weddle are uh, looking the goods through preseason, and um, you know, whilst not sort of obviously saying they're going to be a lock for round one or anything like that, I dare say we'll see um, one or both of them debuting early in the year. Mm-hmm. And it was a strong night for the Oakley Chargers with um, Weddle being the next pick for Hawthorne at pick eighteen. 
Yeah, so he's got to come into the club with a little bit of pressure on his shoulders, um, not least because he's wearing jumper number 37, uh, Hawthorne legend Angelo Lekas, but uh, also uh, Hawthorne traded uh, pick 27 and a future second and future third round pick uh, to draft him at pick 18. Um, he, when I did my research after discovering that uh, that's who we drafted with the trade, um, I'm not going to lie, I thought we were going to go after um, uh, Ben Allen's young boy who ended up at Collingwood for the next pick. But uh, uh, Weddle was all Australian fullback in 2022, but is listed as being very versatile and athletic uh, with excellent interception skills uh, and an ability to lock down on opponents. Um, reading all his attributes reminds me um, of Ben Stratton, actually. So uh, if he has half the career of Ben Stratton, he'll be. Um, a bargain at pick 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, fingers crossed he can uh, live up to that tag. <laughs> um, possible captain, perhaps uh, nicknamed Mr. Pinchy like Ben Stratton was back in the day. But uh, um, look, we just hope he has a good career. And I think uh, his attributes of being able to intercept that lockdown in defence, uh, that's really exciting for us. Future Let's captain, see. you're calling it early. No, I'm just uh, likening him to Ben Stratton, that's all. Yeah, so, okay. Yes, but uh, uh, as for preseason, he's already uh, taken out the time trials and given uh, CJ a run for his money. So a bit of excitement about his athleticism. Oh, it's good to see some of the young players doing that sort of stuff and leading the way right from the beginning. Put put some pressure on some of the uh, <laughs> older guys as they're coming back um, that would normally cruise through the preseason. You like to see it. Uh, it's either an indictment on the older boys or, um, you know, or he's one out of the box. Who knows? Hmm. Probably both. Yeah. Little, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, next, we come back to Essendon, pick 25, Lewis Hayes. Um, he's playing at the wrong end of the ground for the number they've um, given him. He's been um, given the uh, number 18, obviously most famously worn by Matthew Lloyd in recent times. But um, Lewis Hayes was touted as probably one of the better intercept marking options from from the defence in the draft. So uh, I don't not sure we'll see him kicking anywhere near as many goals as um, young Matthew did during his career. But hopefully he stops just as many from some of the other players coming back the other way. Um, uh, previously with the Eastern Rangers, uh, his noted strengths and probably why he went so high. Um, where obviously he's intercepting um, marks and his ability to pl- um, play on the rebound. Um, he was a relatively high d- disposal getter and has a massive disposal efficiency. Um, it was 91% in the Vic, uh, for Vic Metro in the national championships last year, which is obviously incredibly high for a defender. It shows a lot of poise as you're under pressure, getting the ball out of defense there. And uh Playing for the Rangers last year, uh, he averaged 21 disposals and six marks a game. So um, a great addition to the defensive stocks at Essendon, which, um, you know, there, there's a couple of um, highlights uh, with um, Laverde and Redmond coming through at the moment, but they could certainly be bolstered. And it looks like Hayes, um, you know, he's a young guy now, but coming through over the next couple of years, a young defense there uh, is looking the goods. Um, what particularly excited me is um, the comparisons to a player uh, like Sam DeKonig. And obviously he's had a massive breakout year this year. So if his first year's anywhere near the level of what that was, I think there's a lot to look forward to there. Yeah, the Bombers definitely need a key defender, don't they? Like a, mm. a big a big boy. 
So see how he goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next up, we're back to Hawthorne. Pick 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Husswaite. So he was touted as uh, first or second round. Fell to pick 37. And I think Hawthorne are quite excited. He's a 195-centimetre uh, midfield defender. Um, and all the talk about how Husswaite uh, is... Uh, is a very clean, tall midfielder with a very special awareness and ability to fold back in defence. He's been compared to uh, Scott Pendlebury by draft outs with his left foot execution and composure uh, and is a very natural footballer, apparently. So uh, those are words that always excite me, not necessarily the Pendlebury um, comparison because for the next 15 years, if he's successful, we'll just hear about how one, he's like Scott Pendlebury, who too used to play basketball. So, mm. <laughs> um, but um, the fact that he's a natural footballer, um, whilst his athleticism and speed were questioned, um, anytime I see a natural footballer on the field, to me, they make up for that lack of speed with their ability to get where they need to mm. half a second quicker than most because they know where to go. So, um, I was quite surprised he fell so far in the draft. There'd been a lot of talk about him in the lead up. Um, and, uh, I think um, you know, I'm really happy that uh, Hawthorne got hold of it because uh, we love a good a good uh, kick for the footy down at Hawthorne and um, have someone running through the midfield at 195 centimetres is never going to hurt in the ne- in the next few years either. So very excited yeah. to have him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, yeah. I must admit I was surprised to see him get to pick 37. I remember reading at the time he was expected to go. Um, not not top ten, but sort of the sort of late first round. So I think, um, and you know, at 195 centimeters, there with the sort of ball skills he's had as a junior, that's a that's yeah. a it's a unique sort of um, football player there. And if he can, you know, bring those skills he's had as um, in the juniors um, through to the AFL level, I think um, Hawthorne might have got a bargain there. I think so. That's what I'm hoping. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so fingers crossed. But, um... Yeah, and no, I just think uh, from what I've read too, he, you know, the draft touts or the draft uh, teams at each club are really split. Football ability versus a lack of athleticism. So, mm. um, you know, uh, our coach was never known for being athletic and was a genius on the football field. So hopefully uh, he can emulate that. Mm. You reckon you'll steal an, um, a Brownlow medal off an Essendon player like your uh, current coach did? I reckon he'll do it with a big smile on his face too. <laughs> and sledge him on the way out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of um, stealing, uh, the next pick for Essendon, the Hawks did try to steal. Uh, Al- Can you blame us? No, no, um, I, I can't. I, you know, given that it got that low, um, someone had to put the bid in eventually once he got down to sort of pick 45. Uh, Essendon got a bargain, let's face it. Um Owen Davy Jr. should have gone much higher, but everyone knew that Essendon was going to match whatever bid happened. So I guess they just sort of looked elsewhere and um, tried to find the other players there, but it got to the level where you couldn't really say no, could you? So uh, you couldn't blame yeah. Hawthorne for doing what they did, but at pick 40, a, sorry. I'm a little disappointed we didn't back it up with a bid for Jaden with the next pick, to be honest. So, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, anyway, um, yes. So um Orwin Davy Jr., obviously father-son prospect um, from his uh, dad, Orwin Senior. Um, similar sorts of players, um, player really. Uh, you know, like he's going to probably spend 
most of his time as a small forward, but he's got the athletic ability and the speed to um, play through the middle as well. Another one that um, spent some of his um, under 18 career at the Oakley Chargers again. So, um, and, and through Vic Metro. So obviously that's been a very strong breeding ground uh, for this particular draft. Uh, his um, strengths, uh, his speed and his agility, um, he's been touted for having a great decision-making ability and uh, the ability to play under pressure. Um, he played every game for Metro in uh, the um, competition this year, the national competition. Uh, one of his best games was against um, Western Australia, uh, 19 disposals with five inside fifties and two goals. Um, yeah, look, I guess um, obviously he slid down the draft because of the other clubs knew that um, Essendon would match the pick and uh, he was obviously going to end up at Essendon anyway. He'd picked there. Uh, Essendon had already said they were going to pick him up and it was just, um, it was a matter of when he ended up there in the draft, not if. Uh, he's, uh, by all um, by all accounts, um, you know, the, him, a few of the other Aboriginal players already at Essendon and some of the other ones coming in that we'll talk about a bit later have been um, lighting up the track and he's looking forward to making an impact straight away and it'll be exciting to see. Sounds it. It was, um, I was sort of happy that we went for it knowing that we wouldn't get it. Um, mm-hmm. because I think if even if you had have said, no, nah, we're not going to match the pit, we would have got an absolute excitement machine on our hands. So, anyway, pity there's a father son rule because we as a club traditionally have a very poor father son record. Mm-hmm. So, yes, mm-hmm. next two picks are Hawthorne picks. Yeah, pick 46, we took uh, Jack O'Sullivan uh, from Oakley Chargers. He's a small mid uh, forward. Um, very clean hands, uh, but 2022 is pretty patchy because of injuries. So uh, he missed the under-18 championships, but uh, when he was on the field, he was performed really well um, and earned himself a, a combine invite. Uh, excellent tackling, hands in tight, complemented by a decent outside run and kicking skills. So... Uh, again, Hawthorne obviously going for the uh, Clarkson model of elite kicks. Um, Looms is a Puapolo type, uh, showing an appetite to bring pressure up forward when not in the middle of the ground. Obviously, we'll slot in behind Luke Bruce and Dylan Moore and probably fight for his spot with the likes of Tyler Brockman and Sam Butler up forward for Hawthorne. But, um, yeah, uh, a young uh, small forward uh, to complement our key tools up front. And next... Good question. Bailey McDonald at 51. That's right. Pick 51 at Bailey McDonald. Um, wing defender, Oakley Chargers again. So um, listed as a bit of a draft bolter who likes to run and gun from halfback. Um, I think he's uh, moved up the draft boards because of his line-breaking pace. Um, and as mentioned in the uh, uh, draft pack, um, suits the slingshot game style that a lot of teams are employing at the moment. Um, so he fits the bill with Hawthorne's free-moving game plan at the minute. Um, so good skills at full pace could make him a fan favourite if he can take his chances and uh, maintain a spot uh, on the list and in the team. Um, plenty of pacey halfbacks at Hawthorne, although uh, the likes of Will Day uh, uh, look like they're moving into the middle of the ground this year, so there could be a slot open up if there's a couple of injuries to uh, CJ or Scrimshaw or the like. So, um yeah, sounds like a, a solid pick at 51. So, fingers crossed for him. Yeah, uh, next pick was for Essendon was um, 
Orwin Jr.'s brother, Jaden, at pick 56, I think it was. Uh, sorry, 54. Um, Jaden's, uh, again, slipped that low uh, because of, um, well, it was expected that Essendon pick him up, but it was also he had an injury interrupted a junior season with an ACL injury. Uh, he's still out injured. So I haven't seen much of him on the training track. Uh, he's been um, placed on Essendon's inactive list for this season, which means that uh, Essendon does have a spot on the um, train on list and a spot to potentially fill before the start of the season. But um, you know, he's a sim, he's, sort of a similar style player to his brother, that sort of um, small forward that'll play some time through the midfield. Uh, he's just got to be given a chance to recover and uh, proper rehab to try and get back to the full potential that he has shown in times when he wasn't injured, but obviously an ACL is a fairly um, severe injury. So we've just got to see how he comes back from that and what happens. So he's not expected to play at all this year, or do you reckon he'll play a few games in the VFL second half? Oh, look, um, well, he's on the inactive list, so he won't play a senior game this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, given that he injured himself last year, there's, I suppose, the potential in the back half of the year to play a few VFL games and see if that can, um, you know, at least give him, put him in good stead for next year, um, playing towards the end of the season as he comes into a full preseason next year and um, fulfills his potential in season 2024. And I think that's um, the extent of uh, both of our club's selections in the main draft. Now we move on to the rookie draft. We're at... Should we follow the AFL and do it over two nights just to <laughs> suspense? I'm not sure that our listeners care enough, uh, given that we're a few <laughs> months late with this, to uh, listen to it over two nights. So we might, we might just push on, I think, um, with this one now and um, go forward. Uh, so we'll go first. We'll go through the actual draft picks, and then we'll go with the next um, the, the NGA player, the next generation academy players. So, in the rookie draft at pick four, Essendon took a Rhett Montgomery. Um, I always like a club that uh, picks a. Uh, hang on, where are my notes about Rhett? That picks a an older established player in one of the the the, the leagues just a tier below. So, yep. Rhett's twenty two years old. He's um, been playing in the um, Sandful for Central Districts. Uh, he had a breakout year. Like he was an established player there, but he had a breakout year in season 2022, which was enough. Again, another intercept defender, but that was enough to, um, you know, quite a few of the AFL clubs were looking at him and he ended up um, on the Essendon list. So he's moved over here from SA to uh, make give himself a chance and try and make a name for himself. Uh, just missed out, you know, as an 18-year-old in some of the drafts then, but uh, didn't give it up. Uh, he went over and plied his wares. Um, apparently, last year, he decided that he was going to give it one last crack and go full-on professional and put the effort in to do it, and it's obviously paid off for him because he's got himself a spot on an AFL list. Yeah, I, I must be on the same. I enjoy hearing stories like that. Um, you know, uh, hopefully he gets a good crack at it and makes a good mm -hmm. fist of it. So, um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of hidden talent uh, in the state leagues mm -hmm. across the country, to be honest. So, yeah. And at pick six, um, probably not a name unfamiliar to Hawthorne fans, but probably not as familiar to fans of other clubs, but they um, drafted Seamus Mitchell on the rookie list. Yeah, redrafted. So he was uh, uh, a pick in the 20, 
2020 draft, I think it was. Uh, uh, unfortunately, sort of had injuries in his first season in 21 um, and didn't crack it for a game in 2022. But uh, hopefully he can um, force his way into the side for a few games in 2023. Um, so uh, Seamus Mitchell gets uh, season number three on the list and uh, fingers crossed he gets a good crack at it this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, both clubs took up a player on the uh, through their ne- their next generation academy lists. Uh, I think Essendon got a bargain here with um, Anthony Munkara. A lot of people were touting him as potentially being picked up. And yeah. um, for those of our listeners that I don't know that there'd be many that wouldn't know the rules, but for those of our listeners that don't know the rules, um, if a player drops past pick thirty nine, they can be picked up as a next generation academy player on the um, rookie draft, but they can be drafted by any other club um, if they're picked up in that top 39. And there were a lot of people that thought that um, Anthony would be picked up there, but he managed to slide down and be missed um, uh, missed by a few of the other clubs. I think part of that might be down to the fact that he did have some, um, you know, there were some family tragedies and family issues. So he hadn't actually played football since July last year. So I guess uh, a few clubs might have questioned, um, not necessarily questioned his ability because obviously he had the ability and that's why they um, there was suggested there's still a chance he'd be picked up. But I guess they just, um, you know, their eyes, um, their eyes wandered elsewhere and they found other players that were going to fill that same spot that perhaps um, Anthony would have picked, which gave um, Essendon the opportunity to pick him up on their rookie list and give him that spot. Um He's already making an impact at training and everyone's talking up how much effort he's putting in and um, the, the um, skills and the strengths that he has. Um, what I really enjoyed about the, um, his story, though, is the way he um, learned a lot of his skills. Apparently, um, as a kid, he was a massive Brisbane fan and um, he learned a lot of his skills through his dad showing him um, YouTube clips of Simon Black playing. So that's how he tries to um, model his um you know, model his game and, you know, there are worse players that you could model your game on. So I look forward to seeing um, uh, the mentoring that Simon Black has given Anthony Munkara, even if he didn't actually know that he was giving him that mentoring <laughs> through um, showing him how to play the game. 2001 grand final. Anyway. Yeah. Mm. Let, I've already blanked that out of my memory. But okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing that up again, that traumatic experience. That's okay. That's okay. Mm. You just have to mention 2012 and all. Have the same spot. <laughs> so, so uh, t- tell me about Josh Bennett. Yes, so he was also uh, an academy pick for Hawthorne. He's a midfield forward from Eastern Rangers, uh, small forward, 178 centimetres, uh, creative by foot, more outside at the moment, uh, but hits up uh, forward targets well when kicking into the 50. Um, rarely goes scoreless in games. I think uh, three out of his 13 games. Uh, he didn't put a score on the board last year, so um, uh, obviously knows his way around the goals. Uh, strong marking as well for a small forward. Um, probably looking to develop more of an inside game, but uh, seen by the uh, draft house as a promising prospect. So a little bit like you, I probably don't think he had too much interest outside of uh, Hawthorne. Um, there certainly wasn't too much mentioned about him uh, in the lead up to the draft. Uh, unlike Mankara, to be honest. So uh, I think uh, I'm not going to say Hawthorne's got a steal there, but uh, yeah, sometimes these kids, um, as we say, can uh, they get their head right and put the hard yards in, they can um, make a fool of everybody. So fingers crossed. 
What about prior to the draft? Were there any that um, tell me about some of the players that Hawthorne picked up during the trade period? Oh, it's more about who we lost, I think, for the <laughs> well, for yes, the um, <laughs> yes, but it's not. It's about who's on the list. This That's podcast right. is about who's on the list, not who was on the list. Correct. So uh, we uh, in the final day of trading, we managed to pick up uh, Lloyd Meek uh, from Fremantle. Uh, to name I know I enjoy. Um, so I'll enjoy supporting that one uh, as we go forward. And Cooper Stevens from Geelong um, as part of separate trades. So uh, Meek came to Hawthorne in a trade for Jager Ramira on uh, deadline day. Um, and I think uh, yeah, he came with a future second round pick and we traded Ramira and a future fourth round back to the Dockers. Uh, so Meek was originally drafted at pick 69 in the 2017 draft to Fremantle. Um, spent most of the time playing behind Sean Darcy as he matured, uh, who obviously was the apprentice to Aaron Sanderland. Um, and Meek uh, was definitely looking for more game time, especially when uh, Luke Jackson got traded to the Dockers uh, from the Demons. Um, he played 15 games, kicked three goals, Um and we definitely got him in to help bolster what I would probably consider as a weak ruck division. Um, so it'll be a three-way tussle between him, Ned Reeves, and Max Lynch for the number one spot. Um, Mitchell, our coach, Sam Mitchell, has already called out strengths and weaknesses of, of all three uh, in a press conference the other day. So it um, could be either a horses-for-courses horses approach, um, unless one of them absolutely... Um, goes gangbusters in the preseason and grabs a chance fully. So um, follows a long tradition of Hawthorne having a uh, middling ruckman and then building a team of legends around him. So in the post-Don Scott era, that's um, generally what we've done. Mm-hmm. So think back to Greg Deere in the in the 80s and, and then uh, uh, Ben McAvoy, David Hale and uh, Johnny Segler um, in the mid-teens. Uh, um so, and then, uh, as I said, team of legends around him. So as long as they can get a hand on the ball, everyone mm. else can go to work. So what you're saying is future premiership Ruckman? Triple premiership Ruckman. Triple At premiership least. Ruckman. Okay. Be so cool. I think, I think mm. Greg Deere won three. McAvoy won two. Hale won three. Uh, Segler won zero. Poor man. He got shunted out by McAvoy for Hale in 2015. So, um, yes. Uh, and then in the other trade on draft day, uh, Hawthorne drafted in uh, Cooper Stevens as part of a three-way deal with uh, Tom Mitchell going to Collingwood and uh, I think it's Ollie Henry going to Geelong, one of the Henry brothers anyway, going down to Geelong from Collingwood. Um, now, Stevens was originally drafted by the Cats with pick 16 in 2019. Um, so I'm quite excited to have another first-round pick come into the fold um, as a former co-captain of the Falcons. Then he played seven games for the Cats, um, where he probably was starved of opportunity given their strength in midfield uh, with some of the legends of the recent times. Um, And now he's got a chance to forge his own identity in our midfield. Um, So um, the fractured fibula in his draft year ruined out any chance of um, having a big tilt at it, but they obviously liked uh, down at Catland what they saw in his bottom age year because he was still drafted in the first round. A bit like Ryan Burton. Uh, back in the day for Hawthorne. Um, so hopefully uh, Cooper Stevens has a longer career than Birdo did with us. Um, but uh, I think uh, Hawthorne fans will be quite excited when they see what he can do going mm-hmm. forward. So not a bad result to 
push out a 29-year-old aging midfielder who constantly played out of position to bring in a 21-year-old mid uh, with plenty of potential. So having said that, I will put on record, I think uh, Tom Mitchell will dominate for Collingwood this year, but uh, that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yes. How about the Johns? Anyone come in of note? Uh, it's uh, been an ex- it was an exciting trade period for the Bombers with two round one dra- um, draft picks ending up at Bomberland. And we know how well their last bargain round one draft pick uh, ended up with the future common medalist Peter Wright ending um two meter Peter ending up at the Bombers very cheaply and performing very Hall well. Hall of Famer Oh uh, yeah, he, he, he future Hall of <laughs> actually Kerry like future Hall of Famer absolutely um <laughs> very excited to uh, see where his career ends up but um he'll be joined at Bomberland up forward um by um key forward Sam Wiedemann Sam joins uh the Bombers after being picked up by Melbourne at pick number nine in the 2015 national draft um staffed of opportunities there obviously uh they've had a they like you know whilst their success has been most recently in the last couple of years they have actually had a relatively strong team over a number of years including you know um including uh you know finals appearances and um making it all the way through the preliminary in some of the years beforehand he just never quite got his spot there but he was um yeah. touted early on and he has had some you know level of his success at the VFL level so i think you know, he'll be given. He'll obviously be given more opportunity up forward at Essendon. Um, they were a team that relied very heavily on um, Wright last year, and I think just someone else down there that can play as a key forward this year um, is something to look forward to. Uh, he he obviously won't get the number one defender. That will be they'll be playing on um, Wright, so it'll be the number two defender there. But at least there's um, another option for the midfield up forward as well to look forward to. I think he can make an impact immediately. And I think that um, it'll give him a chance to sort of show why he was picked up so early um, in the draft going forward. And, you know, hopefully he, hopefully he makes the most of it and can actually um, make the, make the most of the opportunity that's been given to him with his second chance at Essendon. Yeah. I I played 50 odd games for Melbourne. And if I remember rightly, absolutely dominated the elimination and semifinals in 2018. Mm. Killed Hawthorne. I think he killed the Cats as well in that final series before they got wiped out by the Eagles. But yeah. uh, um, I actually quite like the look of Wiedemann Wright, uh, uh, who's the young boy who's come back from injury last year. Uh, played a couple of games at the end of the year. Um, oh, his name's his catch. So I can see his face. Yeah. Smith, but someone else. Um, and then you've got Stringer, Tip and Woody if he gets back yeah, to yep. fitness. Mm. Uh, and a couple of other speedy smalls thrown in mm. around it. I quite yeah. like that. It's not the A1 big name forward line, but I think it could be quite... Efficient. Yeah, it's, it, it's, there's no marquee forward up there, but it can yeah. be potentially a very strong forward line. Yeah, it mm. reminds me a little mm. bit of the forward line that Brad Scott had at North Melbourne, to be mm. honest. You had Petrie, who was probably the right equivalent in terms of not a marquee name, but holds mm. his own and, and does yeah. well enough. And then emerging with Ben Brown coming through and then, you know, Harvey and a few other smalls buzzing around there. Um, Draper coming down as a resting ruckman like Goldstein used to do. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he makes it work. Oh, look, um, absolutely. I think there's a lot of potential there. And uh, also joining the Bombers is Will Setterfield. Uh, obviously, um, he, he was picked 
Um, number five in the 2016 national draft up at GWS. Uh, only played a couple of games in his first season and then had an ACL injury. So he didn't play at all in 2018. Uh, weirdly, um, well, not weirdly that he wanted to be traded because everyone wants to be traded out of GWS. But um, at the end of the 2018 season, he asked for a trade. The two clubs uh, that were interested at that time were both Carlton and Essendon. Everyone thought he'd pick Essendon at the time because he was an Essendon fan as a junior, but he chose Carlton, uh, had a couple of seasons there, played um, oh, a few seasons there. So, yeah, you know, uh, 2019 through to 2022. But, you know, this year he just didn't get the opportunities because they had a strong season and a strong team. And he um, he played a few games. He played um, 13 games this year, but, you know, he was starved of opportunities and he sees better for himself. And obviously Essendon is um, always looking to bolster their midfield. and. Um, he was given the opportunity to come across and Essendon got him quite cheaply. So I think, uh, you know, he obviously with everyone that's in that midfield, he's got to work hard to get his place and cement his place. But I think he obviously has the confidence to think he can do that. And it will be good to see that there's that extra pressure there um, with a player of his ability. Uh, and um, I'd like to see him push for a spot and push the others to play at the best of their ability as well. I think, it's important with players like Heppel coming towards the end of their career that they do continue to sort of recycle some of those players and bring players through. And I think the fact that he is coming in with sort of four to five years under his belt is a good thing because it's going to take players like Hobbs and, you know, some of the draft picks this year time to fully develop. So you need some more of that AFL experience in there just to, um, you know, to guide them and push them and show them that extra level of professionalism that's needed to succeed and perform at the top level. Yeah, I almost see him as a quasi a direct replacement for Heppel, assuming mm. sort of Heppel finishes up this year. Yeah. Um, you know, he could slot in there at sort of half back um, as that big body defender who can roam through the middle a little bit. Uh, he's obviously not as dynamic as Heppel was, but um, it's good to see that Essendon Nursery and GWS just furnishing it's another. amazing amazing how that happened but good work to them yeah exactly roundabout yeah. way but Dodoro got his man yeah he, he got he, he ended up where he was supposed to in the end yeah and probably for much less than what the bombers would have paid mm. the first two attempts so exactly yeah um and whilst we weren't going to talk with the um run-on players and those players that are training for spots on the list i know Essendon and Hawthorne both do have list spots currently. It would be remiss of me not to talk about um, the future Essendon star, potential future Essendon star, Tom Phillips, um, having come through Collingwood and obviously most recently Hawthorne. He was picked up by the Essendon VFL side. So he will be playing in Essendon's VFL team this year, if nothing else. But he's uh, been spotted on more than one occasion training with the team out at Tullamarine and by all accounts, he is performing relatively well. Having said that, he's not the only person that's been invited to come down and train uh, with the the Bombers at this stage. Uh, there are also a couple of other players in Hudson O'Keefe and Mitch, I'm going to butcher his surname and I apologize for this. Bakowski, S-Z-Y, a B-K-O-W-S-K-I. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I'm not going to try Shibowski, again. Shabowski, wasn't it? Shabowski. Yes, that, that makes a lot more sense now that you say it like that way, but um, that works for me too. 
Uh, they're both, they're all training down there for that last spot. And I think, um, you know, if Tom gets it, good luck to him. But I also think that uh, he's also a great addition to the um, Essendon VFL side, even if he doesn't quite make it back onto an AFL list this season. Um, he, you know, he's got a lot of potential. He obviously hasn't quite made it because he's found himself up against uh, midfielders that just have that little bit more um, silky smooth skills yeah. there. But maybe a year back in the VFL where he works on his craft and works on that bit that he was missing might be what he needs to make it back to the top level. He's not that old and there's um, still potential future there if he, get, if he gets it right and works out what he needs to do to actually make that last step. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he played 100 games mm. um, and, you know, it was a minute away from being a premiership player at Collingwood, let's not forget. So, mm. um, you know, and if Essendon need an injection of pace up and down a wing, then for me, that was his specialty. Mm. Um, you know, Paul Thornton picked him up for that very reason, I think, in, in Clarkson's last year um, as a as coach. Uh, and if it wasn't for the emergence of uh, Finn McGuinness last year, uh, sort of doing lockdown roles on the damaging wingmen of our opposition. Um, and also Phillips had a pretty bad ankle injury, which I think kept him to a handful of games last year, which yeah. uh, probably marked his papers, to be honest. Um, he was certainly not able to uh, you know, improve the, in his uh, impressions for the coaching staff uh, because he was off the park for most of the year. So, uh, a few of the boys probably went past him, to be honest. But um, look, I hope he makes a fist out of it at the Bombers. Um, it's a pretty fair rivalry triangle when you think about it. Mm. Uh, Essendon, Collingwood, Hawthorne, Essendon. So to play at all three clubs, yeah. um, there'd be an interesting uh, book coming out of that, I would have thought, at the end of the career. But um, yeah, I, I think um, yeah, if Essendon needs some, some dash up and down the wing, uh, because of injuries, he could do a lot worse. But um, as you pointed out, not the most silky skilled player, but certainly can get his hands on it and and get it forward. So, and that might be what actually uh, does it for him: the fact that he is that slightly older player. Again, you know, he, they might decide to put him in there because he's had the experience. Like you said, he's played 115 games. He's yeah. only 26, so there's plenty of um, football potential in front of him as well. If he um, makes the case for it, so you know, maybe yeah. they'll think, yeah, let's give him that spot, and um, you know. It, it could it could come down to one intra club match. That's what got Nick Martin the spot on the list last yeah, year. And correct. you know his first game, he was a um, he was um, nominated for a rising star. So obviously Phillips can't do that, but it might be just the case of that one massive intra club game. If he just yeah. sets it on fire and um, shows them that he still got it, that might be enough for Dodoro to get in Scott's ear and say, "Look, just give him that last spot. We need yeah. it." And um, you know, even if, look, it might only be a one-year thing because obviously um, they've got to find that spot for um, Jaden when he is off the inactive list. But, it, um, you know, if he makes his case, it, it might put a bit of pressure on some of the others instead to they lose their spot, you know. Um, oh, correct. And there's always, going to, look, there's always going to be players with long-term injuries too. Mm. So, um, you know, and maybe it's a sign him, wind him up for round one and let him go against the Hawks on the G come March 19th. Wouldn't it be special based on ground performance? Three <laughs> oh, votes, Tom Phillips. Mm. Wouldn't that piss a lot of Hawthorne people <laughs> off? <laughs> I, I think you're right, though. I think it was just the case of, you know, he'd only played the four games last season for Hawthorne yeah. because of that yeah. injury. And um, yeah. others made their case and said, we deserve that spot on the list. So they said, oh, well, yep, that's yeah. the way it is. Absolutely. And I mean, look, there was no doubt that even if he was fully fit, he probably would have been 
uh, shunted back to the VFL a couple of times to give mm. some of the kids a go. Uh, but this time last year in preseason, if I remember rightly, I stand to be corrected, but he was in ripping Nick um, compared to some of our other players. Uh, and if it wasn't for an ankle injury in the first couple of games last year, uh, he certainly would have had a pretty good first half of the year, I think. So, um, you know, a lot of people will talk down his kicking skills and things like that, but uh, equally, uh, you don't play 100 games of uh, AFL footy if you're, if you're that crap. Mm. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed for him. Well, that has been another episode of the Line in the Sand podcast. Of course, I've made my case for an Essendon premiership this year. We're squarely in the premiership window. Uh, if you have enjoyed this episode, uh, please make sure to tell your friends and family about it. Uh, make sure you leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast channel and like our Facebook page at Line in the Sand Podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Good night, everyone.